Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you till 10 a.m. this morning. Wild card round is in the books. Oh, Sean yes. Payton is saying that he's interested in the Houston Texans. So much so, he had a Zoom call with the team last night. Um, we'll get to Sean Payton a little later on this hour, but... Uh, yeah, we are done with the wild card round, the super wild card round. I'm told it is these days, and it's. Uh, uh, it, I got to tell you something, Sean. Yeah. It's a bit much. It's what a is? bit too much football. It's okay. uh, bite your I, tongue. What is a bit too much football? Hold I on. realized because on Sunday I was exhausted by the end of all of it. Yeah, and and I and I was talking to one of my friends about this about like why is it like I watch when the Texans don't have a game on Sunday. I watch the same amount of time of football. I'll, I'll watch the two afternoon games and then the Sunday night game, and it's no big deal. And it's, um, it's the fact that you're actually dialed in on all of these games, and they're all so important. Look, I, it's not like I was out digging ditches or anything, but <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's just so much to take in. And uh, luckily last night the game was pretty much over by halftime because this, this is not the kind of game where you thought, like, well, Tom Brady, you know. Uh, so so I, I got a bit of a reprieve last night. You know who else seems to feel the same way, that there's just too much this weekend about all this? The, ta- the, uh, the Cowboys kicker. The, 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker. Yeah. They both agree with you. They're like, this is exhausting, playing football <laughs> and, and paying attention to football on a Monday. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> Plus, that stadium last night. Uh, it it sounded like a Cowboys home game, didn't it? After that first Cowboys touchdown, like, yeah, oh, that's, a, that's an awful lot of cheering. That'll happen. Well, I mean, look, the bar has been set high in Tampa Bay with a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I'd imagine they're one of those teams now that if they go eight and nine and just win the division. They're disappointed. You they're know? disgusted. Yeah, bit. yeah. Uh, it was almost like we shouldn't even go to a bowl game. Right, Why right, even, right. You know, this is like Notre Dame going to bowl game when they're when they're Imagine three and Leonard seven. Leonard Fournette has opted out of the wild card game. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get ready for next year. Like Lamar Jackson, kind of. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, anyways, yeah. if you're if you're just waking up, um, the uh, the big news last night on the field, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are done. Thirty-one to fourteen was the final score. The Cowboys. Um, after a little bit of shaky play for both teams early, um, oh. the, the both teams were disgusting early in this game, but the Cowboys got things straightened out, and and they win thirty one fourteen. The Bucks got things straightened out too, but then Brady 
down 6 nothing. The Cowboys scored a touchdown, went down, missed the extra point, which if you're wondering why we brought up Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker's name, if you missed it, he missed the first four PATs. Quattro. He missed yeah. four. Four point after attempts. It was uh, it was if it you, was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was at, it was at one point if you would have turned on the game when it was eighteen nothing and you would have thought to yourself six field goals. Right, right, what? right. The analytics folks would have been fuming. Yes. How could you? How could you settle for six field goals? It was it was weird. I was. You know, and then you get to that point where you sometimes do, and you're like, "All right, let's just let's see how bad this can get." Yes, I was kind of hoping that I, I, I was kind of hoping that you know somehow the streak would continue, and then the cow. I want the Cowboys to keep winning as long as Maher keeps keeps losing extra points, yes. missing extra points, keep keep scoring touchdowns. He eventually did make one, um, so so there's that. Um, but the Cowboys went up early, six nothing. The Bucks are driving for what would have been, if they make the PAT, a go-ahead touchdown, and Brady just throws a horrific pick in the red zone. And honestly, Seth, it was game over from then on. Like, the Buccaneers couldn't do anything the rest of the half. The Cowboys had double the yardage at halftime. They were up 18 nothing at halftime. And this was... This was a, it was thirty one fourteen was the final score, and it was not as close as the final score would no, indicate. This was no. a... This was a dominant, dominant performance by the Cowboys... And I think the big question coming out of this game has less to do with the Cowboys and more to do with Tom Brady. And as I'm watching last night's game, this wasn't one of those things where Brady's teammates are dropping passes or there's just bad luck. Um, Tom Brady was bad last night. And with the with all the rumors swirling about who he could go to Vegas with the Raiders or he could be in talks with the Dolphins again or, oh, San Francisco I've seen mentioned, um, who would sign Tom Brady right now to what Tom Brady might be asking for? I, th- I don't know if uh, – that, and that's the dicey thing is it might end up being – I think for both parties it would be best if Tom Brady didn't sign anywhere until after the draft because I can't imagine a team drafting Tom Brady but then not also leaping at a chance to get a quarterback maybe that they like if the opportunity comes up. Or if it's a team that just has no draft capital – then perhaps you know that that might be the team for Tom Brady. I think somebody would take a flyer on it, just understanding that it's. I mean, I mean if the Colts are always in play, except that they have a high they draft are. pick this year. I mean, the Colts. If could the Colts sign Tom Brady and with Chris Ballard, uh, you know, relying on the goodwill that he's built up, say, listen, we're going to draft a quarterback, but he genuinely will sit the entire first year. This could be your retirement. This could be your retirement party if you so choose. Well, that would be good news for the Texans because a quarterback that would fit that profile would be Will Levis, who the Colts reportedly like. And yeah. I think Texan fans, I think Texan fans are fearful that the Colts are going to move up to one and take Bryce Young. If you missed it, C.J. Stroud did announce finally yesterday that he's going pro. So Stroud and Young are both in the draft. But yeah, I think for the first time we we enter an off season where. You know, Brady is probably having to sell himself if he wants to play again. If he indeed wants to play, yeah. he's got a $40 million a year nearly job waiting for him at Fox if he wants to go do that instead. Well, and then, okay, the obvious answer is always, hey, Josh McDaniels out in Vegas. And there are, Brady had already been linked to, um, to the Raiders once before. Yeah. I don't know if Dana White is in a position to broker a deal this time. He's got like some stuff through. going on. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah. So, regardless, that was a that was close once before. Supposedly, Peyton put the kibosh on that uh, because Sean Peyton was a. It, was, no. it got complex. No, Gr- no, 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 Gruden, Gruden, Gruden. Excuse me, Gruden yeah. put the kibosh on that. 
these, these Peytons and Grudens, and they, they all look alike to me. So I think that I think the Raiders make a lot of sense. The Raiders are at number seven overall right now. Okay. They draft they draft number seven overall. Yeah. They don't really have a boatload of capital for moving up. They've got multiple fifth and sixth and seventh round picks. I don't think that I don't think that's enough to move up from Devontae Adams to, trade kind of emptied them out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Devontae Adams would be the most enticing thing for uh, Tom Brady and they might the Raiders might not have enough draft capital to go up after a Will Levis or somebody. So that might end up being the perfect spot for Brady. So this year, even with CJ Stroud in the mix, you gotta figure those top three guys are the three guys that are most likely to play their rookie year or feel the teams will feel pressure to play them their rookie year. So if the Raiders if Will Levis is gone by the time the Raiders have their first pick, I think there's a good chance that Brady spends one more year with Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. I, I Selfishly, as I'm watching that game unfold last night, and again, if you're just waking up 31-14, the final score, the Buccaneers lose to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, selfishly, as I'm watching this, I'm going, okay, Brady looks washed, which means he might be getting pushed closer to retirement, which means that our worst fears in 2028, Seth, might be realized, which is... Brady retires the same year J.J. Watt retires, so when we all want to go to Canton and celebrate the life and times and Hall of Fame career of J.J. Watt, we have to do so with thousands of drunk chowds up there celebrating Tom Brady. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. need J.J. and Tom Brady retiring in the same year and both going in the same Hall of Fame class. I don't it want that. It was like the year I was up in, it was Mike and I, my turn to go up to West Virginia for training camp when the, the Patriots were coming in for combined practices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to cover basically three days of Patriots training camp. I'm it was on. nothing but Patriots fans all about us, uh, mixed with a blend of Clemson fans because we yeah. had so many Clemsonites on the team. But speaking of which, Carlos Watkins did a big play early on in the game last night. Oh, yeah. 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 Shout, out so, um, Shout out Texans legend Carlos Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, boy, okay. Quick aside, yeah. a Manihu balling out in the balling yeah. out the 49ers. It does make you wonder what could – if the Texans could manage to land guys like Charles Amenehu, what could D'Amico Ryan's do with an Amenehu yeah. here in Houston? Who knows? <laughs> how do you ever get Who your knows? hands? How do you ever get your hands on an Amenehu? He's do a, a Mulligetta client. How do you found yeah, his way is, out of Houston. That is true. That is true. All right, the tangled so, web we're weaving here when it comes to C.J. Stroud, whose agent is David Mulligetta. Yes, yes, yes. So let's get to that in the next segment. We're going to get to Sean Payton at the bottom of the hour. We we need a little more. We need a little more runway to talk about the Payton stuff. If you missed it, Sean Payton was on Colin Cowherd yesterday. And A, said he would be interested in the Texans job. B, laid out what the draft capital might be to acquire him, which was a really interesting thing for him to address, seeing as he's not the general manager of the New Orleans Saints. And also, he did conduct an interview. The team announced it last night. Uh, Sean Payton did do an interview with the Houston Texans last night. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. But up next, yes, draft news. Big news yesterday that we've been waiting on. The NFL draft, if you're a Texan fan who wants a quarterback, you were able to breathe a little easier yesterday morning after our show went off the air. We'll share that news with you next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Tuesday. All right, so as we were going off the air yesterday, Seth and I, we were wondering, would there be an announcement today? Would it happen? Will C.J. Stroud go pro? And C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, this happened like minutes after we went off the air, like at 10.05 it felt like. Um, but C.J. Stroud is entering the NFL draft, so... For those of you who, whose take on the Texans falling to number two in the draft has been, well, there's two thought-to-be franchise quarterbacks in this draft. The Texans will get one of the two. Um, your, uh, your hope has come to fruition. At least that he's available there. We'll see if either of them turn into franchise quarterbacks. But C.J. Stroud, and ultimately, it, you know, I, I guess ultimately not a huge surprise when you consider, Seth, the difference between a first, you know, a top five first round pick, guaranteed money contract, which is somewhere in the mid thirty million dollars, and I would imagine Ohio State and whoever's providing the NIL money for CJ Stroud could not get into that neighborhood, even if he was yeah. thinking of going back to Ohio State. They have that that crowd. There's a crowd funded. <laughs> 
group of, you know, business people sure. that get together to, you know, get legitimate business endorsements for right. those athletes at Ohio State. Yes. Um, nothing to see here. No. It's all it's all on the up and up legally. Like strictly. any like any endorsement, they look at what the return on the investment is going to be. Yeah. The call yeah. to action, how many people is he going to get in the door to buy their product? If, yeah. If CJ Stroud comes out to my car wash for an autograph signing, I'm I'm sure that's certainly worth a million dollars. So uh, <laughs> so the question would be, okay, could they entice C.J. Stroud through a combination of wanting to win a national championship while still making a boatload of money that he would otherwise be missing out on by foregoing the draft? Could they entice him with enough to, to bring him back into the fold? And it almost felt like a bidding war, a very friendly bidding war, between the NFL lifestyle and entity versus like Ohio State fans, wealthy Ohio State fans. And I think that I, the thing is, the amount of money that it would take to make it make sense financially is pretty damn big. Yeah. I mean, it's not as simple as prorating it to $9 million per year or anything because that second contract is one year later after that. There's no guarantee that C.J. Stroud's play doesn't fall off, maybe for reasons beyond his control or because he gets injured. So even if he has an injury... Even if he has an injury settlement uh, or uh, uh, insurance policy, those are difficult to collect on, and it's it's always a little bit more nuanced than that. So, I mean, he would have had to he would have had to have been offered a boatload of money by various NIL deals, and I don't I don't I don't think as of yet that college football is up to it. I don't the yeah NIL consortiums. Yeah, I don't think so either. And this and look, he's the caliber of player. There's only. You can count on one hand how many players can even have this conversation, right? That are yeah. that, that even debate whether or not my NIL money in college is worth foregoing the NFL for another year. So Stroud is now in the draft, which is fun. I'm a Bryce Young guy still, but I'm excited to I'm excited to watch both these guys kind of go through this journey here over the next few months. That's going to be yeah. Fun. I was um, you know the draft people will always tell you, hey, hey, listen. Yeah, the one bowl game isn't going to sway the scouts. They're way too smart and scientific about this, which, of course, is BS. I almost said actual. <laughs> of course it's BS. But it is overstated, I think. So uh, him playing as well as he did versus Georgia, I think, does matter. And I think it matters that he showed some athleticism, perhaps, that scouts were wondering whether he, you know, just had had modern NFL quarterback athleticism because he's never this is the problem with Ohio State quarterbacks. They never have to exhibit a lot of the traits that you really want to look for when quarterbacks are struggling through adversity. You know, can he scramble his way out of trouble? Does he have to throw guys open? And you just don't get to see that that often. So, I don't think it's as much that it was a big nationally televised bowl game versus Georgia. I think it's that he had to play a certain way versus a really, really, really good defense. Yeah. It's a, if this game had been in the regular season, people are still going to say, like, okay, but, you know, you're doing that against uh, the Georgia defense. So, um, I mean, I'm more intrigued than I'm now than I perhaps was several months ago. Well, the one thing he had to do in that game that he's not really been forced to do nor had to do, and we don't by, by virtue, we don't know if he's really good at it, is move around. Like right, He's right. done everything from the pocket for the most part at Ohio State, and Georgia's a really good defense. They forced him off his spot a lot. He had to move around. He had to run the ball way more uh, you know, in scrambles. He had like 60 yards yeah. in scrambles in that game, so he had, to, he had to show some clubs in his bag that we didn't know were there in that game, so I thought that was... That was good to see because I've been I've been a CJ Stroud skeptic, but I want to feel good about him mostly because 
there's a decent chance he winds up with the Houston Texans next year. Well, and, and then there's the other side of it, too. The reason this gets more exciting, depending on who you're going for or who you want, obviously, if you're somebody – and, you know, by you and I polling our listeners and Twitter followers, it seems like maybe there's like a – would you say about a 65-35 split in favor of – Bryce Young? Yeah, I think it's yeah. about right. Yeah. I mean, so it's not a small amount of people that right now want C.J. Stroud. Right. So by him coming back, he's certainly in play. But I, I think you do still have to worry about the fact that you're number two overall. There are teams out there that might have a world of respect for Bryce Young, but that just flat out will not draft him because of his size. Yeah. You know, and it always – and because you can say, hey, well, Kyler Murray went number one overall. Sure, because Arizona was there. And if, if somebody else had been there, there's a very good chance that he might not have been. So there's, there's still a lot of variable, variables at the top of the draft. It's just uh, with him coming back and obviously all the different things that could happen for maneuvering right now um, are, are in play. I think also the other thing about C.J. Stroud coming back is if, let's say, Sean Payton comes in and he says, I don't actually like any of these quarterbacks – I think people would be patient with Sean Payton for at least one year. Yes. And that gives – now that there are two quarterbacks at the top of the draft, it gives you a lot more leverage to trade back and maybe really start loading up on talent. That's right. Someone could be there at two, and if the Texans don't like him I, – I don't know how much Texan fans would like it, but I think you're right. Some of the Texan fan react to them not taking a quarterback with that second overall pick and either using yeah. it on something else or trading back would be cushioned if, if Sean Payton were the head coach. And we'll get to Sean Payton at the bottom of the hour. Here are the power rankings for head coach candidates for the Texans right now that uh, if, if they are the head coach, fans would be uh, patient with them. I would say first Sean Payton. I would say after that Shane Steichen, just because Steichen has now done it, had success with Justin Herbert, who wasn't one of the very, very top quarterbacks taken, and he was rookie of the year. Then now he's done it with Jalen Hurts. So I think that people would look at Shane Steichen, currently the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, um, and be better with that. I think Kafka, perhaps, because he's an offensive mind, they might be patient. He's done good work with Daniel Jones. Then after that, all the defensive coaches. The, if a defensive coach gets the job, then uh, people are going to be very impatient with not selecting a quarterback. Even D'Amico Ryans. Even D'Amico Ryans. Okay. I think they'll, they'll say, well, wait a second. Okay, listen, if, we're if we just signed another Lovey Smith or some conservative dude that just wants to win it with defense, uh, then, then what the hell are we even doing here? Hmm. And I'm just saying that's what they're – whether it makes rational sense or not, that's what, uh, that's what the feel will be. I think with D'Amico that fans would publicly be patient but probably feeling a little bit of angst. You know, like I think yeah. they want – they. Look, a lot of these fan, a lot of fans in town want to get back in on this team. It's a football town. This is our NFL team, and they love D'Amico Ryan's. I'm not disputing that fans would feel that way. I think they'd be more demonstrative about it if they hired, say, Ajiro, uh, Ajiro Vero, yeah. and, and they didn't draft a quarterback. Or who's the other DC? Oh, Jonathan Gannon, and they didn't draft a quarterback. Like it, D'Amico being D'Amico would probably cushion some of the public outcry. But I'm with you on that. Like if we, if they hire a defensive coach and we're going in with. Davis Mills or a bridge quarterback next year. It's like, oh, all right. Right. And, you know? and I think also, I mean, there are going to be people that love D'Amico but just don't want to hire a defensive coach. Yes. Which I understand. I, I, think, it's, I think it's too knee-jerk of an opinion to have. If you go by the rules of guys that you shouldn't draft at quarterback or hire as head coach, um, 
Uh, analytics would tell you that like half of the last Super Bowls were never actually won. It was uh, <laughs> right. don't don't take an air raid quarterback. My God, you're gonna take Pat Mahomes? What are you a moron? Uh, uh, don't take a defensive minded head coach. What do you want to do? Win six Super Bowls yeah, or something? Yeah. Uh, right. Draft a quarterback from Michigan. Why bother? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Um, we should m- quick mention here, and then we're going to get to Sean Payton in the next segment because that's what I had everybody talking yesterday. Um, Jordan Addison going pro, wide receiver out of USC. Quentin Johnston also announcing yesterday afternoon, the wide receiver from TCU, that he is going pro. I am of the strong opinion that those are both wide receivers, probably in the flip order. Johnston first, Addison second, in my opinion, that the Texans should be looking at with the 12th overall pick, especially if they use number two on a quarterback. If you draft a guy, you got to get him some weapons. And I love Quentin Johnston's game. I like Jordan Addison. I love Quentin Johnston. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Tuesday, 713-572-46. That's the trailer wheel and frame text page. Sean Payton was on Colin Cowherd yesterday. Boy, did he have some things to say about the Texans' job opening. You want to know what it might cost to get Sean Payton? You want to know how he feels about this job? He did the perfect sales job, not just for himself, but for anybody looking at this Texans job. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Sean Payton was on with Colin Cowherd yesterday, and uh, boy, did he get Texan fans uh, excited. Here, before we get to the question about would you be willing to consider the Texans, um, Cowherd was just laying out what the process is, because this was Payton's kind of first public interview about, yes, I'm looking at jobs and I'm taking interviews. I'll have a chance to visit prior to then. Like I've talked with a few teams. Mm-hmm. That's that's just done through permission with the Saints. Um, but I think this week would be yeah, it would be Houston, um, Denver. Uh, later in the week, Carolina. Do you go there? Um, in, in in some cases, depending on schedules, they'll come here. Or in other cases, Zoom. I might go there. End of the week, I'll go out to New York. I'll have a chance to visit with uh, Mr. Tepper and Carolina. All right, so that was that was uh, Sean Payton laying out the process. Um, he talked to the Texans uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon or last night. The team announced it yesterday evening that they had completed their interview with Sean Payton. Today is the first day that he is allowed to go meet with teams face-to-face. So the interview with the Texans presumably was a Zoom call, not a face-to-face, because January 17th today is the first day that Payton – can meet with teams in person, and he's got a busy dance card these next few days, as you can imagine. 
Colin Coward only asked about one team with specificity in this interview, and it was the Houston Texans. Would you consider a team like the Texans that's at the bottom of the league right now and in a total rebuild? Are you willing to consider that? If, if Absolutely. You, okay, you Here's would. Here's why. Um, and look, I think I know the ownership group. Not very well, but we practiced against the Texans in New Orleans four or five different times. So um, Cal McNair, his his late father, um, we'd we'd see them, and so I don't I don't know them well, but I but I know them. We've we've you know when you when you practice for three days with an opponent, you you get a chance to meet a lot of the different personalities and people involved in the building. Um, They've got really good draft capital. Really good draft couple capital. A couple good young players. They're in a division that you can at least look at and say, all right, Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville is nothing. But you, you can at least, all right, how do we? So I, I think there's growth potential immediately there from their two or three wins that they had this year. Um, I know Nick a little bit, Casario, mm-hmm. um, because, again, when he was in New England, we had a lot of practices with, with their team. So each team would be just like we're having that discussion. There'd be... Pros and that that's the significance though of the upcoming week or two of meeting mm-hmm. some of these individuals, asking some questions, maybe some difficult questions, and and trying to get answers so that we're not having difficult questions when you've already taken the job. All right, so that that's Sean Payton. Seth, the two things that three things that jumped out at me there um, in his answer, mentioning the draft capital and and pausing and then mentioning it again with more adjectives, <laughs> draft capital. Significant yeah. draft capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big selling yeah. point. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that he mentioned openly the division that the Texans are in. I mean, that's something that radio hosts mention all the time when we're evaluating the jobs and saying what's a good opening. I, I That's a huge part of my evaluation. I was just a little surprised that a coach, especially if he winds up taking the job, would mention something like that. Like if I'm if I'm Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Tennessee right now, and I'm hearing Sean Payton mention the the selling point of the Texans job being you're in a division with those three teams, I'd be like, screw you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's uh um like it's bulletin board material before yes. he's even been hired. <laughs> I, I think point. he's accurate, to be clear. I, yeah. I agree with the analysis. I'm just surprised he's saying it. He caught himself. Yeah. He yeah. he stopped very abruptly there. He thought like, oh wait, I got to go from analyst mode to potentially coaching mode here. Yeah, that's I. I think that's up in Jacksonville's bulletin board next uh, next year. He takes oh, this, the guy job. Thinks were, this guy thinks this guy thinks we were nothing to to shake a stick that's at. Right, we're trash. So I I do think too. He's kind of hinted. Maybe this is just the way I'm reading it. But the previous time he was on with Coward and he talked about this, he he alluded to the fact that the price for the trade might change depending on how many assets a person has to give. It's kind of like in business when you charge a higher price to the big corporation than you do to the small corporation. You're like, okay, the, you know, if I'm selling to Xerox, the price is this. If I'm selling to mom and pop down the street, the price is this. I feel like the Texans are somehow both the mom and pop, but also the Xerox. They're like, they're going to get, they're, they're, they are the, they are the, the have, the have nots in this scenario. And yet they've got a whole lot of capital to spend. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when, uh, we, we- when when someone like, there's a scene in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where Steve Martin's desperately trying to get a cab, and he walks up to a guy who just hailed one and said, "I'll get, buddy, I'll pay you if you just give me that cab. I got to get to the airport." And the guy goes, "Okay, uh, seventy five bucks." And Steve Martin's like, "Fine." And he goes, looks at him and goes, "Well, 
Surely someone who would pay 75 would be willing to pay 100. (laughs) (laughs) That's the text. Surely someone with four first round picks would be willing to give me two, not just one. (laughs) That's, um, yeah, so I, I do think, though, too, there, for one, my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, crap. Mickey Loomis is thinking, here are the Texans. They're going to trade up way too much. Uh, but then I remembered, wait a second, no, Casario actually doesn't have that reputation. Bill O'Brien had that reputation. Yes. So I don't think that's an issue. I think it is a matter of uh, Peyton, again, in that I think caught himself a couple times yesterday remembering, okay, well, I, gotta, I can't be negotiating or giving up negotiating chips on behalf of Mickey Loomis here. They ultimately... The Saints control who I go to and for how much, if I go at all. So I can't be out here acting like, well, yeah, it's going to be a mid, mid to late round pick. Okay. That's all. That's all it's going to cost. Okay, well, well, he was pretty open about that answer yesterday. What would the compensation be for Sean Payton to go to, uh, to, to a team? Each team's got different ammo yeah. or different pick selections. And, you know, it, it could be a future one maybe where you have to throw in something. Um, I I say this because I know Mickey well, and I heard him talk the other day, and, and he was right on, and I think I am too. Um, he, he's got a job to do as a general manager with the Saints, uh, and, and he'll, he'll get the right compensation, and, and I'm sure the team, if it gets that far, uh, will arrive at it. And it's probably this year, it would probably be you know, a mid to late first-round pick, I, I would say. I mean, he's just putting the menu right out there. That's what, yeah. And you know what? It was it was Mickey Loomis himself who had mentioned the the fact that they have different levels of compensation, perhaps by uh, based on who they're who they're dealing with. Yeah. So I think that's a it's the important thing to remember with this because I saw John McClain tweet it last night. That whole thing about mid to late first round pick um, that it's uh, like. That's Sean Payton talking. Sean Payton doesn't isn't the one that actually has the picks to give or uh, the 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 rights to his contract to give. Mickey Loomis is the one that's going to be ultimately deciding whether uh, the compensation is enough or not. So I, um, if you look at the high end of the spectrum, Gruden was traded for two firsts and two seconds plus eight million dollars. Which at that point you got to remember he was going to a team in the Bucks that were Super Bowl ready. Yeah, I mean they were they were drafted, so you could reasonably assume that that next the the first round pick for the next year was going to be a pretty late round pick. Um, and the first round pick for that year, I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a high that that. That high was their up, Tunsil so. trade. That was their yeah. Jalen Ramsey trade. The, the so Bucks. no, but I'm saying, but the first round picks also yeah. both of those first round picks were right. not nearly as valuable yeah. as uh, you know what this year's pick is for the Texans' sure. picks and potentially next year's. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so uh, I guess the question becomes, would you do it? Would you trade? You know, the Texans have a mid-first-round pick. They've got the 12th overall pick, which is at the upper end of the middle part of the first round. Would you trade the 12th overall pick, which is the pick they got from the Deshaun Watson trade, one of the many picks they got, for Sean Payton, Seth, I put up a poll. There's almost 3,000 votes on this poll. Um, the I was a little surprised, and I'm assuming it's a lot of Texan fans voting in this, but I think you could even, even if you're not a Texan fan, you can answer the question, would you do it if your team had the 12th overall pick? Uh, a majority say no. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't trade the 12th overall pick. Forget about multiple picks. They wouldn't trade that one pick for Sean Payton. 57.5% say no, 42.5% say yes. I'm torn right now to be honest with you as to whether or not I would. I, I'm, I'm 
not for it right now. Um, I, I think it would it would have to be with a reasonable contract. So I'm totally in Jim Crane mode right now. I don't want a 10-year contract for Sean Payton. Uh, he's um, and it doesn't even have anything to do with his age. It's just uh, if, if that's indeed what it takes to get him. And I'm going a lot of that based on how much Gruden got um, from the Raiders and how much other top coaches are making right now. I I'm just not interested in in it for that long. If the McNairs aren't willing to you know just walk away from yeah, it. Yeah, let, let me ask you because uh, if if coaches counted against the salary cap, I would have equal concern as you. What's your concern about having a, a long-term deal with a coach like that if it doesn't count against the cap, if it's just the McNair's money and they can spend it how they want to? Um, because, okay, what was the total amount of money that they were paying uh, in dead money to coaches? A- everything's right an estimate by us, but it's hun- it's like, it's it's like I think it's over $100 million that they're paying. Was to it over $100 million? Is that yeah. what we figured? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if you accelerate all that into one year because of, well, of future, hmm, all right. I can see if the McNairs are indeed willing to just eat that contract if they have to after three or four years, then I've got no objections yeah. to it. If, yeah. they are, if they are willing to do that. Um, and they've shown that they're willing to do that with all these other coaches and their staffs, but that doesn't mean that they're going to continue to have an appetite for it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, 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 uh, my concern would be in giving him a contract like that would be less about the, the balance sheet and more about – and this is just a general concern I have with Peyton is just like, okay, like what, how motivated is he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what's his motivation? Is this his last big payday yeah. before getting into broadcasting? You Was know? he sitting out there and thinking like, man, I got a, like a hundred million dollars sitting out there yes. that I could get on a guaranteed contract. Absolutely. Am I really going to, am I really going to just not take this guaranteed hundred million dollars theoretically? Right. It, right. And, and especially after a year of like, eh, retirement's kind of. Not all that much fun, and I miss having that edge. I don't like golf. Like, okay, yeah, I'll take your $100 million. Right, right, right. That's, that's, that, would be, that would be my concern. Now, if we, were to, um, if we were to do the pros and cons on the Sean Payton thing, because, again, we just, we just mentioned, I put up a poll, 3,000 people have voted in it, and the majority say no, they wouldn't do that. 58% are saying no, they wouldn't do that trade. 12th overall pick for Sean Payton. I, I think the 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 pros and cons the pros are really tough to ignore especially in light of what the Texans had been through image wise in the last three or four years. Sean Payton brings instant credibility to your franchise. He brings yeah. instant relevance to your franchise. He instantly reengages the fan base. And I think too, when it comes time to shop for free agents, maybe you're not having to pay the premium that you would have had to pay. If you had a young unknown head coach, that kind of you're operating more normally again as an NFL team, as opposed to this oddity that's probably going to have to pay an extra twenty cents on the dollar for whatever it is you want to bring in to shore up this roster. Right, right. There's a you're paying for minimized downside. Yes, I think there, I think there is something about Sean Payton where he's going to run a tight ship, even if he is partly just taking it because it's one it's one last big tenth of a billion dollars that he could just cash in on he's gonna run a tight ship I think he's gonna hire good people and then teach them and work with them um I think my biggest concern with him would be that like let's remember yes he did have he did have Drew Brees and you credit him for working with Drew Brees the same way Belichick helped develop Tom Brady but they also had long stretches of horrendous defense and perhaps the the one 
real viable stretch of defense they had, they were paying players to injure other players. So <laughs> does that um, – forget I mean, about Bounty Gate. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was, everybody – like. Everybody's gotten forgot. I forgot about Bounty Gate until a couple of listeners brought it up. Yeah. Um, look, he wasn't the architect of Bounty Gate. No. Okay. He was merely but a Jose Altuve. He was Altuve. I was scenario. just going to say you nailed it. He <laughs> well, was Altuve. No, except he did. Remember, he threw a hundred dollars into the kitty at one point. Yeah. And and and, uh, and there were a couple trash can bangs during Jose while he was up there. Sean, can I tell you something? Yeah. I, I admire your ability to continue putting polls out there because I'm done with it. I'm done with the poll business. <laughs> I did Why? one poll yesterday, and I got so livid, it actually interrupted my afternoon nap. Really? That's how miserable I was. Okay. Um, okay, so I asked this quiz. I, I asked this as C.J. Stroud became available. Yeah. I said, if the Texans hired Philly offensive coordinator Shane Strykin as their head coach, and I, and I brought him up because he's worked with young quarterbacks yeah. before, yeah. which combo would you prefer, Steichen and... Bryce Young, yep. C.J. Stroud, or Lamar Jackson, but you'd have to trade three first-round picks to get Lamar Jackson. Um, because that's a number that's been thrown out there a bunch. De- Deshaun Watson, well, you know, being accused of 24 counts of sexual misconduct, got three first-round picks. Like, uh, um, and it would be a and, and for people saying, well, Lamar Jackson's a free agent, the, the Ravens would tag him and then trade him, yeah. uh, which you're not supposed to be able to do, but... It happens. It happens, yeah. So I got, I got, I was shocked and dismayed at how many people thought I was an idiot for trying to trade three first round picks for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, like, like they were negotiating with me or something. Right, right. I got asked if I was on crack, if I was high, if I was an idiot. I'm, I'm just asking, I'm asking you yep. whether you would like this. All you have to do is check the box that says Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. It is a you don't have to. You don't have to tell me I'm an idiot yep. for asking you whether you would take a stupid choice or not. It is My a, God. It's a pitfall of the poll methodology I'm done. on Twitter. Yeah. I'm You're done. I will do not be called a crack addict. That's good content. Though that's a really good question by you. Uh, I'm tired enough. There's a, there's enough smoke about me being a crack addict that I don't need to add. Fuel to the <laughs> you fire. don't need to add yeah. fuel to the fire. No. I don't need anything that's going to be brought up in court. My uh, my other favorite thing on Twitter uh, over the weekend was when I jokingly pointed out like, haha, classic Kirk Cousins throws short of the sticks on a gotta have it fourth down, yeah. and a. A big chunk of the replies are, well, if his defense didn't give up 31 points, then blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm not blaming him for the entire loss. I'm pointing out how stupid it was on the final down of the season to throw to a covered tight end five yards short of the sticks on fourth down. Okay? There's okay? Only one thing that's, Sean, now only I'm one mad. thing that's ever wrong with a football team or uh, only one thing wrong that in, in, in a team that loses a football game, and you know this. Yep. I would say 12% of people said that they would trade for Lamar Jackson in three first-round picks. Nope. To which I ask you, are you on crack? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no thank you. Studies show that 12% of Houstonians are indeed uh, on crack. On crack. So that sounds that's, about uh, right. to, I've got a good broad spectrum of, uh, <laughs> of teetotalers and crack enjoyers. That sounds about right. Like, one out of ten, yeah. Um, the, one, one other thing, just to put a bow on this Sean Payton stuff, we'll circle back to it more. If you're just getting in your car, uh, Sean Payton saying yesterday on Colin Cowherd, he is interested in the Texans job. He did have an interview with the Texans last night that the team announced on its Twitter feed. Um, I think it was interesting that he mentioned that he knows Nick Casario a little bit. Practice with the Patriots. I know Nick a little bit because I do think that gives a window into what the dynamic might look like if Sean Payton were to take this job, where I think there's a lot of folks, I was one of them, that assume if you hire Sean Payton, he's just hitting the red button, nuking everything. 
and and having you know he's a czar over all of it. Sean Payton coming here would probably change some of the dynamics in the building, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Nick Casario is out. Right. Uh, it means that they would just you know that. Nick might function a little bit differently, which he said in his press conference a week ago that he's open to something like that. Yeah, he said he was open to it, but he also said he also walked back some of those comments. I think it, it is a I think it's definitely something that will have to be addressed, obviously. And the question is, okay, Casario if Casario genuinely wanted to come here when Jack Easterby went and played footsie with him at the uh, at the ring ceremony up in New England a long time ago. If Casario was intrigued and wanted to come to the Texans at that point, presumably it would have been on some, on some measure of equal footing with Bill O'Brien. Uh, that's the dynamic that would probably make sense. It's not like they were going to bring Casario in and, and say, like, by the way, uh, O'Brien, now Casario calls all the shots. Have a great working relationship. So I don't think that Casario has always wanted or needed full control. It's just that the way things worked out, his agent negotiated that for him, and uh, it, and it worked for, at the time. If Peyton came in, it would be different. Peyton and Peyton and Mickey Loomis, um, one of our one of my followers last night said, "Hey, let's not forget that Peyton and Loomis, uh, Mickey Loomis, the GM in New Orleans, were a disaster with the salary cap for years." I would counter argue that by saying they actually were pretty brilliant with the cap for years given what they were trying to do, which was stretch it out as long as they could with Drew Brees. And every single year, I initially, along with many others, would say, well, Saints are in trouble. They're, they're really going to they're gonna have to pay the piper at some point. And then they kept doing it for a period of seven or eight years where it just kept looking like they were, they were borrowing against the future way too much. Ultimately, like now is when the comeuppance comes. But that's I think Peyton was – planning to depart at that point anyway <laughs> good so he so he's really good at running up other people's credit cards and then walking out the door <laughs> or he's realized he's he realized that like ah, you know what yeah after a while your your credit rating rolls over so yeah I'll <laughs> just, go. uh, i'm just gonna walk away from this unsecured debt they can't do anything to me <laughs> he knows, and uh, eventually my credit rating will be he back. knows yeah. how to game the system absolutely yeah. all right um we head into the seven o'clock hour so that was sean payton we'll circle back to him the other big candidate that i think texan fans are excited about we got the date on D'Amico Ryan's interview, so that is happening. If you're already excited about D'Amico Ryan's, wait till you hear one of his players, his best player, talk about him. That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.